You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 581. You've got to find what works for you. What makes you happy? What's productive? You know, what weighs you down versus invigorates you? And And you are speaking my language, baby. The marketing (laughs) channel you should be excited to do. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. As always, excited that you are with us today. I've got an interesting guest and here's exactly what you're going to get. If you're new to the business right now, you might be like thinking, do I want to do outbound or do I want to do inbound when it comes to my marketing? Maybe you're dialing for dollars. Maybe you're doing text blasting. Maybe you're wrestling a little bit with trying to juggle all of that while do everything else that you have in your life. And I think a big question that a lot of people listening are asking of what percentage of my business should be outbound, things like cold calling, text blasting, RVMing, and what things should create inbound, right? Like direct mail or radio or television or things like that. So I've got a really interesting guest with us today. Just started in August. Wait till you hear his story on what he's accomplished so far. First of all, you're going to be inspired by that, which I was. I just told him, dude, you just took off out the gate, which I love. And on top of that, just kind of, he's in it. He's in the trenches. He called me, how this whole thing started, this is super interesting, is he reached out and he's like, Chris, can I just get like a one-on-one with you? Like I am going through this mental wrestle of like what I want to accomplish. And like, we just soundboard for me. I'm like, absolutely, I will. And so I want you to kind of hear what has come out of the soundboard and a little bit about what he's wrestling us. Because here's my point. I think a lot listening today have this same conversation that's going on in their head. And so that's what you're going to get by the end of this podcast. And of course, you're going to hear about his success with radio. Wait till you hear these numbers already. So Steve Richard, what's up, buddy? Welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you. Hey, Chris. Great to be on. Excited to be here and excited to talk to everybody in the tribe. Absolutely. Let's add some value today. So part of the tribe, right? Those that don't know you, tell us a little bit about your background, kind of catch us up and even tell us what type of real estate you're focused on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, great to be here. Great to talk to everybody. Yeah. For those of you that don't know me, I am um, about 50 years old, Chris. I've been in corporate America 28 years. Uh, in that time, I, uh, I'm kind of in the startup space and that tech space. So I've done four startups, a couple of Silicon Valley companies, and all of that's been either sales or sales leadership. And I've always wanted to get into real estate. I did a little bit many years ago when the kids were smaller. And uh, this year was just my year. You know, I turned 50, the youngest graduated high school. The economics were a little bit different, meaning a little older, a little wiser, had a little bit of financial backing, unlike those early days. It just said, "This is the year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break into it, and uh, I'm gonna give this a, give it all I got." So, what was the thing that kind of pushed you to make that transition? Was it turning fifty? Was it anything to do with COVID? Was it, dude? I'm tired of the corporate world. Been there, done that. What was kind of the thing that like pushed you over and got you to do it full time? 
Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the story is going to be really funny. Some may not find it funny, but I think it, it, I find it very ironic. So I started putting the wheels in motion in January, picked up a couple of bigger pocketbooks, started reading, set up the LLC in March, looking for my first house, which I found on my own, you know, back in June 1st. And so all while selling, right? You know, I sell, uh, you know, million dollar plus software to, to big Fortune 1000 companies in the Boston market. And what I found was more and more of my heart and my mind was going toward this real estate direction. And so for me, my wife and I sat down and said, hey, we're going to make this plan. We're going to go full time come summer next year, 2021. And so that was the plan we agreed upon. We had it all mapped out. First time ever, like totally in sync with the wife on this. And so we come to the end of the fiscal year for, for my job and I'm kind of doing the minimum at this point, right? I'm doing, I'm keeping the plates spinning while I'm trying to get this real estate thing you're like, up. You're like one foot in, one foot out. <laughs> oh, totally. And my heart and my mind is moving more and more to where I'm going full time. Like we had made a decision, we're doing this thing. Funny story, you know, I've won all kinds of awards in sales. I'm not patting myself on the back at all, but I've been very successful in sales and they came to me in August and they said, Steve, you know, we're going to have to let you go if you don't like improve things. And you're talking to a guy that ended the year at 102% of his number, right? So they wanted me to sell 2.4 million. I sold 2.5 million. And they're like, yeah, if you don't improve, we're going to let you go. And I'm like, what? But you improve over 100%. Huh? Wow. This is my That's standards, man. I'm used to being, you know, 150, 250%. That's kind of where my career has been. I think that's what they're expecting. They want it. I don't know. It still doesn't make sense. You don't fire people over 100%. But in any event, that happened. And so we were at this point where, again, just being really transparent with everybody here, right? The life isn't always perfect and nice and clean. So you got you to gotta make decisions. So we come to this point, you know, August, where we're like, all right, I had already bought your program. I had already started. And we're at this point where like decision point, fork in the road, what are we going to do? I could easily go get another corporate America job, go work for another startup company and go do it for a year. And of course, the first six months are grueling or we can go all in with real estate. And so my wife and I, after a couple of days of just processing this, we said, that's it. We're, we're going all in, you know, as they say in the book, you know, the art of war, right? Once the troops cross over the bridge, you burn the bridge. Iron all bridges of retreat, man. <laughs> so my wife and I decided we're going all in, we're burning the bridge. I don't know if it was a good move or a stupid move or whatever you want to say, but September 1, we went full time. You know, they gave me a month to kind of get my ducks in a row. You know, in the beginning, it was like, and we're still in the beginning phases, but it was a lot of faith, right? Chris Arnold's telling me this is going to work, you know? My life's in the balance. I just made this jump. That's yeah. a lot of pressure, man. <laughs> yeah, I got a kid in college. I got another one that would like to go to college. I'd like to keep my house. These are all good things. And so uh, we just say, hey, we're doing it. We're going to follow this program to a T. I would say, you know, the train is definitely moving now. You know, if we had this podcast maybe a month ago, you might have got a different story out of me, but, but it's uh, moving now and we're going to talk about the train it. is moving and, and we're going in a good direction. So here's the conversation we had. And this is what I was talking about at the front of the podcast. You start with direct mail, right? So you make the decision to say, okay, my first channel is going to be direct mail. Talk a little bit about that, what you liked, maybe some of the challenges, because this kind of leads up to the conversation that you and I had uh, last yeah. week. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, look, at I, I, like we talked about, Chris, right? It, you got to find your niche. You got to find what works for you. And so, you know, I, I started with direct mail. It's kind of what I was led into. And so, and I think it works fantastic for so many people. But as I was doing it, and then at the same time, I started my first radio ad, right? And so I was kind of doing both. And, you know, everyone says, you know, start with one channel and then add one later. Well, I was the dummy that said, well, I'm going to do both. You can go to, you can go to. <laughs> I'm not going to challenge that. To start with two is not too crazy. Yeah, well, start with two and be brand new to the business. It was, you know, drinking from a fire hose, to be honest. But we got through it. I didn't die. That was good. My wife didn't leave me. That was good. But I got a taste of both. And what I found after, call it uh, about two months, was I just had this massive like exhaustion from doing all of the direct mail. And so in my market, I can't go to counties. I had to go to individual towns and cities. And so I create this massive spreadsheet, pull these lists from all over. And of course, I'm doing every aspect of the business, like everyone that's brand new in it. And uh, after doing it for a couple of months, it was just weighing on me so heavy. And then at that point, I think I had you know five or six weeks of radio and I had already closed two houses from radio. And it so was- Now I don't want to stop you there. For me. So you have this dilemma a little bit, right? It's like- yeah. And again, direct mail is, I mean, it's what we started with, right? Yeah. Even before radio, because it's such a traditional kind of foundational piece to start. Yes. But all of a sudden, you got two lanes of, you know, marketing going. You got this direct mail lane and this radio lane. And then all of a sudden, it causes you to kind of step back yeah. and go, wait a second. And so what was the thought that hits you that kind of made you go, man, I'm going to pick up the phone and call Chris just to let him soundboard this for me. Like, what was that thought? Yeah. I think a lot of people have it. I think one of the, one of the benefits that I, I think I, I bring from an experience perspective is I've done four startups, right? And in the startup world, and there's no different here in the startup world, you're, you're bringing new technology that, that people don't understand from a company that they don't know anything about. And so, you know, over the years, I just developed this, I guess, through trial and error and, and skin in my knee and everything else to periodically pop my head up, reassess what's going on and, you know, make intelligent decisions going forward. And so that was really well said, though, by the way, periodically stop, as you just said, pick my head up from the day to day, the run and, and just kind of step back and go, OK, what's really going on here at a high level? I love that you just said that. Because a lot of people get blown and going and they never step back and just kind of reevaluate. So keep going. I love you said that. Yeah. And I think, uh, honestly, I didn't have the time to read Tim Ferriss's book, 4-Hour Workweek. So I watched a 20-minute YouTube video and it totally kicked me in the butt. And I couldn't sleep one night two weeks ago. And I, and I was uh, processing what he was saying. And one of the things that just smacked me across the face was, if you're busy all the time, then you're a lazy thinker. And it just smacked me across the face and I went, oh my God. And so I took a step back and I'm like, all right, what are the things that are weighing on me? What are the things that I, I hate doing? And what are the things that are really effective, right? What are those things that, you know, what's the 80% of what I'm doing? You know, what's the 20% that's driving 80% of productivity? And I went, well, that's radio for me right now. Radio is driving deals and revenue much, much easier 
than full-blown direct mail is, that was crushing me. And so it was just a couple of weeks ago that I, I had this, I pulled this all-nighter uh, working through four-hour work week and evaluating my business after being in it a couple of months and going, you know, and I had reached out to you the next day saying, I got to talk to Chris because my head is, I, I need to rethink this whole thing. And that's uh, after our conversation. Those are some of the things that we did, actually. So I felt like in our conversation, to be honest, I could tell real quickly, I was like, dude, I'm Steve. I think you have the answer. You're just calling me to kind of reaffirm. So what was the answer that you, again, you were thinking through this, reading through it, processing it, laying at night, counting the ceiling tiles, right? Like, what should I do? But what was the answer that you landed on that you were just calling me to just kind of get confirmation on? What did you already conclude? Yeah, I think two things. And it's and you're right, because by the time we actually got together, I had already made the decision. And the decision was twofold. One, I was going to double and triple down on radio. I was going to pause and reevaluate direct mail. I'm not going to totally stop it, but I needed to reevaluate it because it was literally crushing me in my time. For someone that's even newer, that's not doing direct mail, they're going, okay, what's crushing Steve, what what was crushing you about that process? It was pulling all the lists together. It was scraping and, and all the work that goes with that. And I think for my market, it was worse because I think a lot of markets, you can go to the county to get these various lists. And in my market, I for most of it, I've got to go to, to the individual towns and cities, to the individual towns and cities for the tax collector, code evictions, you know, these various lists. And you know, it was like I had a massive master spreadsheet of like 15 towns and cities. And so trying to pull all this together, pull the list, convert it from PDF into Excel spreadsheet, like all the massaging before I can even import it was really weighing on me. That's and then just I the front side. That's not even the backside of managing all the call volumes in which over half or eight calls. <laughs> totally. I, I've, yeah, been I I've been there. We're doing 100,000 pieces of direct mail at one point per month. It was insane. Yeah. When you told me that, I was blown away. I was like, oh my God. How many thousands of people told you, you know, I hate you. Take me off Dude, your list. I had staff in tears. <laughs> it wasn't the one call. It was like the three back-to-back where they got yelled at. It was actual profanity that my COO would have to step in and like have a counseling call with that salesperson. <laughs> okay, don't take it personally. But, but here's the deal. When it was producing, I could put up with it, right? And even then, my team was like, dude, as soon as we can get rid of this, let's just continue to expand on the radio side and do other stuff. But man, particularly when it's not producing at its, you know, what I would call the highest level of can, like for us in Dallas, it was a $4 return. That meant we were quadrupling our investment on there. But man, anything below that just wasn't worth the beatdown that we're facing. Again, and if you're listening, we're not saying that direct mail doesn't work. I know people all around the country that do. I know people that have set up really efficient systems around it. But regardless, it is a bit of a behemoth to kind of wrestle down and get both the front side and back side of that system working well. So you go, okay, I'm going to triple down on my radio. And then on top of that, is it okay for me to maybe pause direct mail and come back to that? Why was that decision not made like that? Like, why did you feel like it needed to be confirmed? Because I think here's the psychology that people are bumping into. 
Yeah, because I'm I recognize I'm a newbie and you're the seasoned pro and you know, we all need mentors in life and coaches that have been there. And so I think for me, I needed some affirmation that as I took a turn in my journey, it was okay to slow down a little bit while I reassess and make the necessary adjustments. And that takes a little bit of time before I can push the gas again and kind of speed things up a little bit. And so as we talked, that's fundamentally what what I decided to do. And you affirmed it, right? It's not, I'm not going to stop direct mail, but I'm going to take much more of a, I think the phrase you used was a sniper approach to direct mail. So instead of it being 100% of my you know, my marketing, it might be, you know, 20% of my marketing. And coincidentally, Chris, I just picked up a house on Friday that I got from direct mail from a particular list. So now, you know, it's two houses from one radio station and uh, I haven't run the numbers on it, but I spent way more on on, uh, direct mail. I did get a house. It's going to be very profitable, but I spent a lot much less on radio and I got, you know, double the performance. But I think they're they both have their place, right? They do. And you and I were talking about this. And again, as we say this, this is not saying that this is true for everyone. Right. Um, but what I found with Steve is we fundamentally agreed on this. And that is that the majority of our dollars will go to marketing in order to really generate that inbound lead that's easier to convert, that high quality lead. And then we'll take a smaller percentage and always stay on the outbound game. And the reason that is, is when you have something like COVID that comes along that is out of your control that might affect your marketing dollars and there's nothing you can do about it, the thing you can always do is outbound. You can always dial more. You can always send more RVFs or text blasting or whatever your deal is. So we've kind of taken an approach of majority marketing, minority part of our budget to go into prospecting. So. Let's talk a little bit about it on your side because I think that that's a good balance for my business. It doesn't mean it's true for everyone, but you agree with it. Why? I think it just fits me. As I was talking to my wife about this, it's like real estate's this big umbrella and I've got to find my niche. And so uh, you can be successful in so many aspects of real estate. And I think the same thing here from a marketing perspective, there's many, many forms of marketing, but You've got to find what works for you. What makes you happy? What's productive? You know, what weighs you down versus invigorates you? And And you are speaking my language, baby. The marketing (laughs) channel, you should be excited to do. You shouldn't feel, let's say, this sleazy about what you're doing. You shouldn't have to drag yourself in to do whatever marketing channel that you're going to do. Dude, we got one life. You know, we got our business. Let's wake up and do things that excite us. I think you said invigorate, right? That's right. Radio actually invigorates me. I wouldn't teach on it if I wasn't excited, but there are other marketing channels you'll never catch me teaching on because I'm just not passionate about it. <laughs> I totally agree with you. So you chose, and I've said this before, and you guys continue to hear me say it, you chose to understand the way that you're wired, yeah. your core values. You brought in all of your past experience, things that you like, dislike. I like to call what drains you versus brings energy gain. So drain versus gain. And you said, I'm going to match and align myself with marketing channels that fit that. I'm just telling you, in my opinion, and I think you would agree, the success that you're going to have on marketing channels is going to go way up if you have that type of alignment with that particular marketing channel. Do you agree with that? Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, rule number one is know thyself, right? 
know how you're wired, know what works for you. And the reality is you just, you need some time. Your car is going to run for a little while so that you can see what actually is working and not working for you. And so for me, that was a couple of months. And then I just said, you know, I don't, I don't like that. And I really like this. And uh, the results for this are, are, are much better. And so we shifted gears, really excited about uh, the next six months in our business. I am for you too. And let's transition and talk about what you've accomplished on radio so far. But wrapping up, you know, before this transition to this next piece, again, find marketing channels that you love. And here's the thing, just because you're not grinding it out, and just because you might find something that someone over here loves to do and you're not doing, doesn't make you less of an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think but- that's a big thing. Well, if I'm not smiling, dialing, sending out 10,000 text blasts, then you know, I'm not Gary V hustling it. You know, Hey, that's just not the way that it works. Like I'm giving you permission. Yes. Just like what Steve was asking, stop it. Don't do it. You have our permission to drop what you hate doing in marketing and go find something that you can get behind that you love. That's the moral of, of uh, Steve Richards' story today. Well, let me just, if I could just add one more thing, Chris, for, you know, for the listeners, and that is, you know, I follow instructions really, really well. Like when I, when I bought these courses, right, I, I did a lot of research in advance of buying the courses that I did. Uh, yours was the very first one, and I bought one other. And I follow instructions to a T, but there comes a time, and I, th- I guess I learned this from just corporate America, you know, doing the startup thing is there comes a time where you've got to pause, you've got to reassess, and you've got to, you've got to apply decision-making based on you. What works for somebody else in another market doesn't necessarily going to be a, a perfect fit for you, right? Does the suit fit you exactly? And so I think, you know, for me, I think what you're saying is giving people permission to follow the program, but yet, you know, you've got the ability to, to uh, adjust the suit jacket a little bit to fit you exactly. We do that all the time. And it comes down to this principle. You have to know the difference of when to persevere and when to pivot. Yeah. And it's tough because sometimes you need to obviously persevere when you want to pivot. But the real hard one is when you pivot and you feel like you just need to keep persevering because sometimes the best thing is the art of quitting things. Quitting is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it is the smartest thing that you can do so you can pivot to something else. So let's break down your radio. And people are listening like, okay, this guy's been in the game. You started, let's put this into perspective again, August of 2020, this year as a new real estate investor, right? You've been up on radio for seven weeks live. That is one radio station. What's your budget? Again, everybody wants to know how expensive is radio? What are you paying to advertise a hundred times per month on the station you're on? What's your monthly budget on the one you got? Yeah, today it's 1200 a month. 1200 a month. Again, I've told you guys listening, everyone asks me, how much does this start to get on radio? I say you should have a budget between 1000 to 2000 So in that time, you've already picked up a couple of deals. And again, that's fast launching a campaign if you're seasoned. You launched this and we're new at the same time, right? So that meant, as you said earlier, massive learning curve. I don't care what we step into. If we don't know anything about it, there's going to be a learning curve. doesn't matter what type of experience we have. And so you've got a fix and flip property that you've locked up. 
and you and I were doing some numbers and you felt like that was going to be a conservative uh, return on that flip of like what type of profit on that particular deal? Yeah, that one I think uh, conservatively will uh, will net forty grand on that, and if we're a little lucky, it'll be uh, a little more. Okay, and then you've got a wholesale deal, and I always remind people: it doesn't matter what you do with motivated seller leads. You know, you can do owner financing, buy and hold, fix and flip; it's all the same. Then you got a wholesale deal, and that one's locked up, about to close. And what's the uh, profit margin on that one? Yeah, that'll be fifteen grand on that. My first. That's whole. conservative on that one. Yeah, that's actually the number. It's already uh, it's already locked up. We'll we'll net a little over fifteen grand. Okay, so seven weeks, fifty five thousand in the pipeline, ready to close, which would mean you've advertised for fundamentally two months. So that's twelve hundred times two. That's twenty four hundred dollars you've spent to have fifty five thousand in your pipeline so far as a new guy. How you feel about that, man? It sounds crazy when you do the math like that. <laughs> 10 seconds ago, I'm like, oh, I know where he's going. I haven't even done this math. It's insane. The return is insane right now when you put it that way. So let me ask you, now that you're on the radio track, what are a couple qualities about radio as a marketing channel? You're like, these are a couple of my favorite attributes about this marketing channel. Yeah, what I love about it is people that are calling actually want to talk to you. Like you're, you know, <laughs> I love how you said it though. Cause it was super funny. Like they actually want to talk to you. Like, they do. Oh, yeah. There's people that actually want to talk to you when they call. They, yes, it sounds, yell at it you. sounds funny, but you know, just the whole psychology, right. That the person that's calling it, like they have, you know, most of them have a problem they're trying to solve. And they're reaching, they took the time to write down your number, memorize your number, call you. And so these are high quality, many of them motivated sellers that they've got a problem they're trying to solve for. So I'm not getting any of those other calls, right? Once in a blue moon, I, you know, I think I had one, uh, you know, it wasn't a prank. Some kid called the number. Other than that, they've all been people that genuinely want to talk. Some of them are, are a great fit. Some of them aren't, but they're all, they all have problems. They all want to sell. And so That's it efficient. is Here's totally the different call. If you don't have to spend half the calls talking to people that don't want to talk to you, but as you said, the majority of the calls they do, that's a much more efficient system than burning your wills on people that are just frustrated because you know, you're a spam artist and spammed them. So I agree. It's just much, much more efficient as well. So you love that aspect of it. It's a high quality lead. Give me one more. What's another thing you've observed so far? You're like, you know what? This is a good fit for me. Time efficiency, Chris, right? So right now it's me and uh, I just started with a virtual assistant helping me out with some administrative tasks that started about two weeks ago. My time efficiency, I'm not taking as many calls, but the calls that I take are much more quality. And so that's much less draining on my time. I have you know more time to think more time to think about the business as a whole. What other areas you know, do I need to focus on? And when the phone rings, it's a high quality lead. It doesn't ring as often, but it's, uh, it's a high quality person on the other line. I like that. I like that. And the efficiency aspect, again, I'm a guy that wants a lifestyle business. It's why I live down in Tulum, Mexico. So anytime you can help me eliminate something, automate something, delegate something. You have my attention because 
I don't want to build a business as big as possible. I want to build a business that bothers me as little as possible. That like that's my definition of a successful entrepreneur, right? That's what I want to do. And if you're listening, as always, important to come and join us on YouTube. You can subscribe to the channel. Again, we drop additional content over there. So I know everyone's always like, Hey, where can I get some more interesting stuff that's happening? So go over to YouTube and subscribe at Chris Arnold. So wrapping this up, uh, you and I were talking. You were talking about, Hey, this is working so well. And I always like this. So put your money where your mouth is. And you are because you went and bought two more stations. And what's your ad spend about to go up? When do these two new stations start? Because you're like, dude, I'm all in. I'm, I'm doubling, tripling down. Technically, you would be tripling down because you're going from one to three. So I got a finance degree and that technically, I think you're right. I think it's tripling down. <laughs> yeah. So we're, uh, we just added two more stations. I just did a radio ad earlier today. We started with country. We're adding classic rock and then uh, 80s, 90s and today. And uh, our budget will be 4200 a month. And uh, that'll kick off December 1st. Absolutely. And as I always remind everyone this year, and I have to remind myself, this has been election year. This has been COVID year. So what will your radio campaigns look like next year, barring everything just continues to move forward and open up? It's going to be just an absolute great year. So I'm super excited for you. So if you're listening, again, we want to bring on students to just hear their stories. Again, our job is really simple as coaches at Wholesaling Inc. That's just add value bring you things that you can execute into your business that are going to make a big difference. And when I had originally talked with uh, Tom, I said, man, I've got the thing in my back pocket that's really going to shake the entire country up. And that was radio. And it has. Uh, I think we've sold over 55% of the market. Radio was never talked about. And now it's something that's uh, been really valuable. And we've done a great job preserving it by limiting people per market. But as always... If you're interested, starts with asking questions, doing due diligence. I love this whole episode about been finding the right marketing channel for you. Radio could be that. Um, you won't know unless you kind of dig in and take a look at what you want to do for next year. But in order to start that process, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio, wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio and book a call. And wrapping up, Steve. If someone's out there listening, going, man, should I or should I not, you know, take a look at this radio thing? What, what would you tell them, man? Again, we all get skeptical. We're on the fence, paralysis, right? I get it. What would you tell them? I'd tell them, uh, you know, this is probably the easiest marketing channel to break into real estate from a time perspective, right? You know, I would say, uh, go ahead and do it. Get on a station. Let it run for three or four months. You know, what's the worst case scenario? You drop five grand. Okay. Like I lost 5,000. Well, I won't say where I lost 5,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can lose 5,000 at a weekend down in, uh, down in Vegas, right? Yeah. So not that I did just for the record. What do you got to lose, right? You get on, get, get on the station, uh, let it run for a couple of months. Your risk exposure is five grand. Okay. And uh, you get one deal out of it, and uh, all of a sudden you're in the game. So I would totally go for it. I, of all things, if you're going to start, I'd start radio. And, and it's interesting you said that because so many of us thought initially coming in that radio was going to be for the more advanced person. And what we've actually found out, which I didn't understand, right? Because I had to kind of put myself back all the way at the beginning. 
radio is actually one of the best fits for someone that's new to the game. I actually didn't understand that coming in. And that's why we have so many students like yourself that are on the front side that's doing really well with it. So to everyone, thanks so much, dude. Uh, Steve, I'm super proud of you, man. You've done a great job. And I just want to give you some public recognition for coming in and inspire us, man. You came running out the gate. So to the rest of you, we will catch you next time until we add more value. Talk to you soon. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.